All right. Well, here we go. This would be episode one of the Mike Giant podcast. Uh, I don't know how often or how regularly I'll do this, but we'll see. Today I've got in front of me my buddy Phil, um, who goes by Burrito Breath. We've known each other for about 10 years from living in San Francisco, and uh, I love what he does, and I'm, I'm glad he's here. So, Phil, um, let's just start at the beginning, you know, like where and when were you born, and how did you grow up? For sure, for sure. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, all. it's all good. Uh, yeah, I was uh, born in a small town in uh, a place called Uricksville, Ohio, so I'm like uh, east side of Ohio, two hours south of Cleveland, a uh, town of about 5,000 people, so pretty small. Uh, grew up in the mid 80s, so I was a. Uh, yeah, when were you born? 1985. 85? Yeah. All right, cool. So you were really a little guy during the 80s. For sure, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So were you drawing right away? Yeah, yeah. We were always drawing. It was just that thing, like, my parents were. My parents were both pretty creative, but never, you know, never really considered themselves to be artists or anything like that. But then uh, both of my grandmas were really into crafting and that kind of thing. So that's where it got into painting our own Looney Tunes t-shirts and shit like that when we were little kids. And huh. We yeah. used to make like a bootleg, like sports team lawn ornaments with my grandma and sell them in the front yard. Fresh. So that was fresh. Like, yeah, I was only probably like 10 or 11 doing that. So Yeah. No, that's funny because that's the same for me. My my parents didn't draw, but they both were crafty, for you know, sure. do it do it yourself kind of people. Um, what was uh, school like? School was pretty weird. We were pretty rural. Uh, all the kids were really into hunting and farming and that kind of thing, and, and then the local sports team. Like, and the weird thing was like wrestling was our jam. So like oh. our schools were always known for like the wrestling team and not being a jock. It was really. Being huh. big and not being a jock was really weird for me. Yeah. Because they were always pressuring to, like, play sports. Like, we need sure. you to, like, play football and yeah. all that stuff. It was so like, no, you man, did I'm some of that? Guy. No, it was like that thing my mom was too paranoid that I'd get hurt. And they knew I was kind of like that, like, dorky art kid. And it was like, just let him do his thing, man. If he doesn't want to do it, that's cool. But, yeah. yeah. No, no. That's cool. I didn't really... I, well, no, actually, I take that back. I was a varsity athlete in high school but it was just because volleyball was only offered as a varsity sport which is rad yeah i don't even yeah we had girls volleyball that was it yeah 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 my sister played on the volleyball team too um you know like so all through public school were you drawing then for sure yeah it was that thing like early on like art was the thing i was into most and then my parents were just totally behind it it's like okay if he's into this like keeps yeah. him quiet like that thing i was I was a pretty calm and like quiet kid, but I think it was that like this is it keeps him passive. So it was the same for me. I guess I was a motor mouth, and <laughs> as long as they put uh, art supplies in front of me, I would shut up. You want to hit some of that? For sure. Thank cool. You. So was high school kind of a success for you or did you just feel like you just kind of cruise through it get I, it over with i think i just yeah it was my whole plan all along was to like get out of town it was that whole deal so yeah it was like okay i'm i know i'm leaving like i don't want one of these local yokel jobs but yeah. like i never really i felt like i didn't really have to try too hard in school not that i'm like super yeah. smart or anything but it was that thing that like 
book learning stuff was kind of easy to handle. Yeah, same for me. Same so for it me. was that thing where, and I mean, in a school where my graduating class, I think, was 200 kids. So there weren't really, it wasn't a hefty competition, really. So yeah. it was like, okay. And like by the time I think I was in seventh grade, I had met a representative from like a local art school. Mm-hmm. And it was that thing, like I wanted to go to art school from seventh grade on. So I kind of knew that was where I was headed. So did you end up going to art school out of high school? Yeah, yeah. When I uh, when I gra- I graduated high school in two thousand three, and then uh, I moved from Ohio to Pennsylvania. So just like right over, it's two hours, two hours east of where I grew up is Pittsburgh, and that's where I went to school. What was the school? The Art Institute. So it's like okay, it's it's one of the chain, the AI chain. Oh, so okay. They're the ones that like, and I think it was more. It was a better school, I think, in the 80s and 90s. Sure. And then as I came in, I think it was that thing that they took on so many of those. I think digital, the proliferation of digital brought on a lot more uh, disciplines for them to teach. So it turned into that where they had so many like sub-disciplines that they were churning out kids left and right. And I think it made it easier to like, you know, bring in fresh classes of kids that are going to mm-hmm. spend all that money. So... You know, like the way that you work now professionally, is that something that you learned at school? Yeah, absolutely. That I think that's the thing, like knowing people who didn't go to to school for like graphic design and stuff like that. That's the one thing that I think that really helped me kind of get a leg up professionally was like doing all of that schooling. I got to learn the back end of the computer stuff, how to prep files and do all all that and, and also had a catalog shit so I didn't lose a bunch of stuff that was really helpful um, so yeah I learned all that like print separation and, and that stuff in in college so did you learn like uh, old school techniques too like handmade things as well as the computer stuff for sure yeah we did um, the old style like paste up boards where you'd have to cut everything out and like paste oh, them down and yeah. like, have every everything had to be on board for display that kind of thing and uh-huh. then when I first got out of college, I had a suit and tie job at a like public relations place, and we did advertising for like Dutch Boy Paint and mowing faucets and shit like that. Oh, and I had to like go to meetings and that whole thing, and always come in and you know present the boards that kind of things. And oh. it was the same way where they learned to like everything had to be pasted up instead of just a digital like what they do now. It's just like a digital printout of everything, and then bring sure a huge printout. or like a PowerPoint for presentation. Sure. Yeah. But you were still having to do like a physical presentation yeah, so board, to speak yeah it's like a kind of like it felt like a grown-ups version of like a school science fair that kind sure of you had the yeah board, you stand up there and yeah kind of like show them what you were trying to do and oh that's i think that's really good for you in the end professionally working with clients and you know you're a fellow staff that way for sure yeah. huh huh that's cool and i suppose that would make you uh it seems like these days you're kind of a solo operation so you you know I, I bet you have the perspective of having to work with a big office and whatnot and deal with clients in a certain way and now you've got a bit more freedom i would imagine for sure yeah it's it, there's like little shit that i've learned along the way just i mean even down to like you know usually i love all the clients that i work with but sometimes it's that thing where like if someone like one of the things i learned from uh this, this job that i had at the print shop in san francisco was like never never respond too quick to someone's email because they're always going to expect that you're like hopping on it and it's that thing that like you have to kind of 
I mean, what I try to do now is like the email is like twice a day. So it's like check it in the morning, see if anything's crazy. And then like when I shut it down and then I kind of know what I'm doing the next day. Yeah. It's that thing. Like I know people are going to start like, and if they give me your number, they're going to start texting for files and shit like that. And it's like, I don't know. Sometimes you have to be able to walk away from it a little. That's funny. Well, I don't think we've ever talked about that, but it's totally the same way for me. You know, it's like I, I'll check the email in the morning and then I got, I go to work. Yeah. And even in the studio, I'll try to like keep the phone off, everything, you know, no distractions. And then uh, at the end of the day, I'll check that email again. So it can be really frustrating for people that are like sending you four emails, for sure. you know, yeah. and then you finally get back to them, yeah. you know, but that's kind of the, the nature of things too, yeah. you know. So what landed you in San Francisco? Uh, and so when I, did that happen? When, so I had the, I got out of college in 2007 and then or it was like early t- i think it was actually late 2006 um and then i got a job in cleveland working at the suit and t- the suit and tie job at the pr place and when i was working there um i met a girl uh who i started dating and then she was talking about going to art school in san francisco okay and it was because of you actually i i like um i found one of your books at like a streetwear shop in a mall that was in cleveland Fresh. And then got turned on the fecal face. And then I started reading the Count Tra- or Count uh, what was it, Count Dracula. That's blog, right. You know? That's right. And then it was that thing. Like fecal <laughs> face was a jam. You knew like all those dudes, like yeah. fish and like yeah. everybody that was kind of like that it was that air that little like era of fecal face. Yep. And uh, yeah, we I was just like hyped when she said she wanted to move out there. I was like, Yeah, let's go. So Good. I think it was it wasn't I think we we were together maybe a year, and then she's like, yeah, let's go. So we like, yeah. flew out, checked it out, and then you had just, I think you had started your own, there was your own blog that was like that. I think it was another blog spot. Maybe it was the Skulls thing? Like It could have been. Up. Yeah, I, I moved around moving. platforms those yeah. years, kind of here and there as things changed. Well, I think you had announced you were moving back to the city like at the same time that I was going to be moving. Ah, uh, okay. And then I emailed you, and it was yeah. like, hey, maybe I can, you know, come hang out or sure. just check it out. Yeah. Totally. When did we first meet? That would have been 2008. Yeah, okay. End of 2008. I think. At the uh, the Skulls Press storefront I had? Yeah. Ah, it was there. Yeah. God, that was such a crazy place. I met so many people there that I've continued to be friends with. Yeah. It was really rad. And I remember it was like, I think I had been there like two or three days. I'd been in the city. And mm. like, because I, I lived in basically, you know, it was like upper market, like. You know, lower hate-ish kind of. Exactly. And so you, I was like right down the street from you. You were. I, you were super close. I remember like popping in and then like we exchanged numbers and you were just like, yeah, if I have some stuff you can do, like I'll just text you. And I remember I was yeah. downtown actually and my ex was, she was buying makeup and we were like in Sephora or whatever. And I was like, oh, Mike texted me. I got to go. And I just like started walking up Market Street like oh, I was going to go meet Mike. All right, cool. Yeah. No, that's rad. That's rad. And how, how often did you come by? It seems uh, like you were there at least once a week. Yeah, there for a while it was like, I mean, I was just kind of hanging out. I had money yeah. saved from that job, so I was kind of hanging out for a minute trying to figure out sure. what I was going to do. And yeah, I think it was like once or twice a week at least I would come by and kick it for a little while, get way too high. Do you remember the monthly parties I threw there? Oh, for sure, yeah. Those it's were so, legendary. So yeah. sick. Yeah, yeah. Cops next door having sandwiches. Yeah. 
Yeah, those, was the, the those were store, epic. The sandwich, but well, there the, was KK's Cafe. That was the Remember? one. Yeah. Kind of a, that was kind of a controversial name. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's cool. So at that point, were you, were you getting freelance jobs at that point? For illustration or stuff, where you? Because I remember you were working at the print shop. For sure, yeah. So I think I was, I think I was just kind of kicking into the studio for a little while and figuring out what I was gonna do. And then it was just like a couple weeks, I think, of like just solid hanging, basically. Yeah. And then I got um, an interview with the the print shop in the Castro, and then right. I started working there. Right. Doing that for I did that for five years. So. Yeah, and I think that's to your credit that you did that. You know, because I think that's a you know, a big part of what artists and graphic designers do, you know, is handed off to an output person, For you sure. know, to get it printed or cleaned up or, you know, just ready, ready to show the world. And, you know, all that that back end stuff yeah. and, you know, it like like traditional hand silkscreen stuff sure. as well, yeah. you know, but. And you were the hookup if I needed something printed or yeah, whatever. That was, that was really tight. Yeah, <laughs> it was like holler at Phil, yeah, man. Like we could figure it out. Yeah, it was a lot of like shit. Was just like this would be way too expensive to like test this out if I didn't work here. But let's yeah. just try it because it's. Cheap. Well, I think too, like you dealt with a lot of really San Francisco uh, subject matter at the at the print shop. Like, weren't you sure. doing the flyers for like the gay guys parties and yeah, stuff? Yeah, oh, I loved sick. those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like you know, the one I just thought about because it's like it's coming up is uh and i'd love to take rosa and go go and see it, it was the tranny shack I don't, they don't call it that anymore i know that the uh, name had some there was some yeah. with the name but it, yeah. it used to be tranny shacks like they would do that golden girls drag show oh yeah at the theater and that yeah. was the christmas present we all got from the owners of the print shop every year so oh, we'd all my go God. together and get like super high and just yeah. go and sit and watch and like sure. just like tons of people hanging out all sweaty yeah. in that little it was like a little theater with just folding chairs and they would like they had um recorded all the 80s commercials and like uh. in between like stage sets they would play the commercials from huh. the like 80s like live golden girls oh that's awesome yeah it was pretty tight that's something i've realized more that i've been out of california now for about four years is that san francisco is a particular place and a lot of the stuff that came across my field of view on a regular occasion just never came across most people's life ever like you know like those crazy gay flyers you know that you don't see those everywhere but in san francisco you sure do you know and it's it's, and it's great i think it's fine it's like freedom and like whatever you know for sure it's all good well it's crazy because it's like it's that place where like you see like when you're in the Castro and you see a, like a 10 year old kid who's not tripping out, uh, there's a dude roller skating in a speedo with a tray of cookies or yeah. something weird, and you're yeah. like, "What the fuck, dude?" Like I'm exactly. out, and, exactly. and you're just like, "Oh yeah, it's just nah. that's, that's Bill, dude. No big deal." San Francisco is a weird bubble. Yeah, but I think a lot of the dot com and uh, you know internet business stuff that's kind of overtaken it has taken a bit of that like. Uh, I don't know, like the fun side out of San Francisco a little bit, yeah. you know? It's funny like that. I think it's good that we got to experience it when we did. For sure. You well, know? yeah. Yeah, it's definitely that thing where you and I were there at like one era, and then I know you were there in an era before that, and it yeah. way. So you've seen yeah. like way more of a progression than I did. But oh, I mean, sure. It's, I mean, it's totally different now. Than... Yeah. So how did the transition go from the print shop to, I mean... 
it seems like from what I remember, you had gotten enough freelance that you were finally able to let go of your day job. For Is sure. that kind of how it went down? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, uh, yeah, right towards the end of the print shop, it was really rad because at that point they had made me like a manager of doing shit. So it was that right. thing where like they only needed me to like order shit and schedule people and, and, you know, take care of customer complaints and that kind of stuff. So when it came time to, for me to leave, I was working just like half a week basically just kind of come in and make you sure did yeah you weaned yourself then. out kind of sure. yeah. how, how long was that process when did you get to the print shop to when you left i think like i'm too high to remember the exact years but <laughs> it doesn't matter i think it, i think what it was i think it was five years in total and i think it was that last year i had kind of known that like i'm gonna split at some point so like let's just wean me off sure and it was like i think the last <clears throat> six months of me living in San Francisco, I had slowly just trickled down how slow I was leaving. So. Yeah. When did you start getting freelance once you got to San Francisco? I, I mean, how long were you at the print shop before you started getting little freelance gigs? That was probably my third year yeah. in the city. Because then, yeah. like, what had happened was it was Instagram. It was like it had popped off. And it was that thing that it gave me a reason to show people the drawings I was doing. And it was that, you know, I didn't know, I think it was, I knew the right people to, to ask, but felt like I, I didn't want to be that dude, like asking like, Hey, could you get me a gig? And then if I, if I let somebody down, I'd feel like a bummer. Sure. So I needed an outlet for, to show all that stuff. And when yeah. Instagram came around, it was like, okay, I'll start posting on there. And then found show class magazine was the first mm -hmm. like thing. Actually, I think it was there. They had a motorcycle club called death science. Mm. that like they cool were looking name. for yeah and it was that thing it was like sick this is like it it's like these are kind of like my dudes like yes. all right they'll like what yes. i'm into so it was a bunch of skulls and like i think i choppers. remember that i think i remember telling you if you're gonna draw motorcycles you got to really look at a fucking motorcycle because the first thing a biker is going to notice is a mechanical irregularity yeah you can't like if you're gonna fuck up parts make it look weird make it look like yeah it's, it doesn't exist it's that sure. thing if, it, if it's half there they're gonna be like dude what the fuck is that it's you've you've looked at a photo and you flipped it like you flipped right. the, it's like sure okay, you fucked up like sure yeah 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 no that's cool and that's something i always you know appreciated about your work is that those little details you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, obviously, I'm of the opinion that that shit counts. I try to do that in my own For work. For sure. Yeah. yeah. What who are some of the first freelance gigs that you got? Well. I mean, you got show class, but what, what was yeah. after that then? Um, How did it kind of. Well, so the, uh, the next one was because um, it was still that thing where, like, I was doing freelance, but a lot of it was like, it was kind of trade shit. So it was like, hey, I'll, we'll give you a bunch of shirts if you want to sell some shirts. It's like that thing where it's ah, kind of like DIY style. Listeners, right? yeah. this is how it goes down. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you sometimes you might not get paid, but, what was, but you'll get some stuff. And if can, it's a cool client, yeah. you get cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you can trade that cool stuff for other cool stuff. That's so for sure, that's too. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not always like, do you just give me some cash whatever sure. so well you know like where did who were your influences as far as drawings and stuff i mean i know you 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 fuck with a lot of like uh old cartoons and stuff that i love for sure you, you yeah. know but i what 
is it really those artists that were the the influence or was it other people well i think like so so i had a my mom's brother uh buck who was the same age as you are actually buck buck hell yeah his name was donald but they called him buck fuck yeah that's better than donald for sure (laughs) buck trump Uh, would be cool (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah uh but dude he was really uh really into like that 80s metal and like all those had like it was that thing where he had all the record sleeves cut and like hung on the wall so oh walk in, like yeah with iron maiden a, tr- uh, a true fan yeah yeah and then all those like for whatever reason those dudes always draw on yellow like tabloid pen. that was always his thing it was ballpoint pen on yellow tabloid it's paper. what was around i yeah. remember that when i was young yeah. too so yeah. he just had pads of that shit with like aussie logos that he had made and all that kind of shit but like too much of a pile to ever go anywhere with it he was just like a doodler yeah that was it i did the same thing yeah yeah it was just trying to replicate those letter forms oh for sure yeah Yeah. that's cool that's cool so like were there particular artists in particular or say particular bands you know that were really like oh i want to draw just like that you know i well i think there were actually there were i can't remember. I know there was a kid named Mitch Morber who lived in the neighborhood. Which another great another name. Great name, yeah. Cartoon. I grew up in a cartoon. Uh, and that kid could he could draw like really he he drew a bunch of there was a so when I was growing up like Pogs had just fucking popped off again. Ah uh, right, all right. And so there were all these like Pog companies that were doing really killer. So one of them was called Slug. And it just had this gnarly slug logo with a, a like the S was a slug where it's like with sunglasses on. Fresh. So it look, they look like skateboard wheel graphics, basically. Yeah. They were really sick. Right. And that kid could draw all of them by like memory. So he had memorized all these like, it's like turtles getting smashed with like the roadkill marks with the blood. And he would yeah. just, he could draw this shit from memory. And it was that thing. It was like, dude, I want to be able to draw like. Oh, just a shit. sec. FedEx guy. Oh, he caught him. Sick. I'm going to let this be in the recording so Mike remembers that he was pissed at his FedEx guy who waved at him and drove away two days ago. Was that two days ago? Yeah, two or maybe yeah. So Mike is battling the FedEx man for a mysterious package. Stay tuned to find out what it is. I bet it's socks or something. Pointless. We shall see. (laughs) FedEx guy. Yeah, the fucking FedEx guy has been trying to catch for the last few days i think it's a box of uh hennessy oh nice (laughs) worth the wait that's some funny shit right there i wasn't expecting that so we were talking about what was his name morber mitch morber mitch morber and he drew the pogs drew the pogs yeah so it was that thing i think that like instead of it being like like when I was really young, instead of it being like particular magazines or like, or commercial artists or maybe like well-known artists, uh, it was like neighborhood kids that could draw really well. So I it was see that thing. And then there was a dude 
when I was in high school, this kid named Lee, who had like that, uh, what the hell, Ian, uh, what's the dude from Anthrax that has the crazy... Oh, yeah, I know who that, you're talking about, had, the like, goatee thing. He had the crazy goatee thing, and this right. dude, Lee, that I went to high school with, had that like crazy... Oh, okay, in high school he had yeah. a big goatee. It was, it, well, it was that thing, who knows how old, he was probably 26, so I have no idea. <laughs> but he could draw really fucking well, too, and it was that thing, like, I want to be like that dude. Yeah. Well, no, there because it was the same for me. There was some kids that drew really good, and I was like, "Well, you want to battle? You know, like I, I can draw good too." And they'd be like, "Hell yeah!" And they'd smoke me a few times because they would do their one thing. You oh, know, sure. it yeah. was like drawing a hot rod from a certain angle. They just had it down and yeah. could just do it. You know, but I would learn what they were doing, and then I eventually I'd get better at it, and I'd beat them, and they'd be super bummed that I showed them up. But that was like how I kind of learned, sure. you know, I guess it wasn't until probably college that I started to get some of the names of the artists of the stuff that I'd seen as a kid that I really dug. For sure. Yeah. You know, like Ed Roth yeah. Yeah. when I would go to car shows, you know, but it wasn't, I don't think it was until I was in college that I was like, Oh, there's a guy that did that and everybody sure. was copying that. And that's what I had. For sure. Yeah. So did you kind of get hip to some of the, like particular people at all in college yeah for sure and it was yeah. that same thing for me where there were like those people that all that people are like images that came up that you would see over and over and i think the the first ones that i can remember were like um i think they were from columbus ohio it's roach studios that do they used to do the iron on the big iron on like uh, t-shirt things there would be those stores in the mall we had them in Albuquerque. Yeah. I'm kind of tripping. Roach Studios. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I remember that in tiny print along the bottom of the sure. iron-ons. Yeah, you could just pick it like, off the wall or at the fair yeah, and, and pick the t-shirt. Like, waffle maker thing that put it on, and you were just like, whatever. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah I have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a heat press. For sure. Pressure. Yeah, and it, it gets super hot. You can't do it. Like You can do those things at home with an iron. because It sucks, it, though. you got to have it cranked way up. And, like, yeah, you got to put a lot of pressure. I did it one time with a, a grab. It's just a huge weed leaf, of course, super high, and then, like, ironing. And I like took the the varnish off the hardwood floor in my apartment. Oh so Jesus! It was, like a spot where I just like nice. it was all stuck to the back of the shirt. He's <sighs> like, dude, you killed it. Like, yeah, that's but funny. It was like seeing those Roach Studios things, and it was then finding. I remember in college, like finding out like there were different guys that were working for them, but like it was a thing where you didn't really find out who the like who these specific guys were that were doing the drawings. It's kind of like with with uh, the Roth stuff. Like I didn't know that Robert Williams did a bunch of those the stickers. I think a lot of people still don't realize that Mr. Williams was yeah. part of that that little clique because sure. it was and all under the Ed Roth yeah. banner. Yeah, he co- he just he copyrighted all the drawings and like a lot of it's like concept shit. It's like. Uh, Is there another joint over there, or did I? You might have picked it. Sorry. Oh, yeah. There it is. This is definitely a Mike Giant endeavor here. Joint, dude. Where's that second one? (laughs) So, I mean, how did you you develop how you work today? I mean, as far as from start to finish from a a client's idea, you, you know, I mean, I'm using Sharpies. For sure. On drawing paper. I mean, what are you using? For me, it's like I've been I've been trying to mix it up because like uh, the thing that happened to me was when I went to doing freelance full time, I realized that like for me to kind of 
for me to live the lifestyle that I want to live, which is, is super simple, but like, you know, I, I need to be able to pay my bills at the same time. So it's that thing. There's life is going to get you some way. So like I have to stay consistent with getting paid. I've realized that the jobs are smaller, so I have to do them more frequently. So it's like learning how to bang things out. I mean, not that I want to like, you know, rush anything or, or like short anybody, but it's that thing I have to learn how to work faster. So one of the things that I've been trying to do more is if it's if it's really simple, like if it's uh, like just a, a really quick graphic, I'll draw it out uh -huh. um, and draw it fairly large like you would if you were going to ink it. And, yeah. then, uh, and then, you know, like take a photograph of it or scan it. Uh, if you were going to shrink it down, but I'll you know, still do it fairly large and then I'll scan it in large and then I'll sometimes I'll just go straight into a digital pad. That's that's just, the 2018 way to yeah. do it. And it's that thing where like th what I realized that was killing me was getting something clean enough that could be vectorized and, and have it come out just as clean because you know anything huge is it's going to show where it's really wonky. Yes. So learning how to get all that shit so I could send it in and not have to have someone else do it. Yeah. Because I always realized that like, I mean, and we just talked about that. Like you send oh, yeah. it off to somebody and. I mean, there could be the smallest mistake, but it's it's now like it's still your fault, but it's also like, well, you trusted someone else to do it, like when you could have sure. just fucked it up. So sure, I just sure. fucked it up enough that now I know how to not fuck it up. Right. No, I kind of understand what you're saying. That's cool. I mean, so how, like, so you're still like starting from an idea, and you're working out a sketch with like pencils on paper. For sure. Yeah, tracing. But you're like, doing your finishing work now on the pad, whereas I might do my finishing work with the sharpies in a piece of paper. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. if it's something like if something I have time for, what I'll do is I'll I'll do the uh, the pencil sketch on like a, just a piece of I usually I work on computer paper a bunch because it's super sure. cheap and I no I do I'm too really and it's client work I use the junk yeah. white paper because it's just going to get scanned and output sure. to them digital anyway who cares and I've always been really heavy handed so I just gouge the shit out of the paper yeah and so I have to just keep going back over on a new sheet and just kind of until I work it out and then I'll just go straight to uh, what I've been doing lately is the red non-copy pencil ah and then uh, I'll go over it with uh, with a uh, like a number two pencil, then, yeah. and just do a hard outline so I get uh, everything nice and clean. Sure. And then uh, I'll do it on a take that on the light pad and then brush it out with yeah. India ink and a brush. Uh, and then okay. just do because I've realized that like for me, I think it was Skinner had posted about those Winsor Newton sable brushes. Uh huh. And so I'll just use that. And uh, just do it over the light pad, and you usually you know do everything double the size that it's gonna be when it's finished. That's something I think listeners crispy. should notice too. We usually draw things big and then shrink them down. Yeah, it depends. Easiest for me, and it's that thing where like that's one of the things that's uh, something you can tell when like an easy way to tell that something's digital for me is if uh, some if it's really if it's small and it's super tight. Mm. because it looks like or if it's like a, maybe yeah. a chest graphic that's really sure. tight and crispy yeah. it's like well there's no way that like I don't know how to explain it other than what you're doing is you you would like if you were doing it on a pad or on a screen you're doing it at like 400 percent versus yes. 200 and yeah. so it's going to be even tighter and when you shrink it down it's like fuck that thing's really tight and it's yeah. like oh it's because it was done digital and you could really get in there that's an interesting 
point because I do try to, when I'm reprinting posters and t-shirts, graphics and whatnot, most often they're 100% of what I drew them. So like you're saying, if I'm going to do a chest print, I'm not just going to shrink down a gigantic graphic. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. draw it that size. Sure. And that's where it shows. If you're drawing something really simple but really tight and really small and you're using a marker or a brush, yeah. any little irregularity is going to be obvious. For sure. But again, I think that's you know it's a level of professionalism you know yeah. it's like how, how you gauge yourself within that and whether what's acceptable as far as enlarging and reducing for sure yeah. something i wanted to go back to that you just kind of glanced over but was like overhead you know yeah, it's yeah. like how much it costs you a month to live Sure. And what kind of lifestyle that you want to have. And you, you said, I think you just want a, a, a simple lifestyle. So let's do some real talk here for, sure. for, for sure. people listening. Like, what, are, what would you say is your monthly budget? How much do you need to make every month living? And where are you in Ohio? I'm in Akron. So Akron, Ohio. Ohio yeah. And you're sharing a place with your lady? With my wife, yeah. And do you work at home or do you have a studio somewhere that I you're just, paying rent on? I work straight out of my apartment. You know, okay. Got like a little, you know, well, it's, it's supposed to be like the, the spot is technically <coughs> like one bedroom with an office. So this, what would be, I think this, that's is, cool. the room we use is like a large living room that's it's got, you know, doors off of it that we've just turned into a studio for the both of us to work out of. So Okay. Yeah. So your overhead is low. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're living and working in the same, basically a one bedroom, let's say, to maybe sure. two. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And you're in Akron, Ohio. Yeah. So how much are you having to work like day to day how many hours are you putting in at the drawing table or the pad or whatever well i mean for me it's it it's been coming in waves lately what i've been noticing is that it's kind of that thing it's you know i'm never really sure how how the consistency is going to be so it seems like it stays consistent maybe for like a month i have because it's it's about that easy now for me to to book out like a month it's like okay i'm gonna know this shit's going to take me a month and it's not going to be that thing that I tell someone because that's what I'm, I'm really getting to the point where I feel like I'm learning that now is like telling someone the right amount of time because I feel like it's always it's one of those things that trips me up is trying to make something perfect with one client and spending way too long and maybe like I should have cut that thing off and just been like okay I can I'm done because uh, <laughs> at no, some point like I think th- yeah. it has to be like I'll work something to death. And no. I think it's sometimes you just got to be like, okay, that's that's it. Like, no, I, I, I have that approach. I mean, it's like however much money they throw at me is going to be like the effort that I'll put in. You know sure. what I mean? And I... <coughs> So, you know, just clients out there, if you throw a lot of money at me, I'm going yeah, <laughs> to give it my go, you know? Yeah, yeah no, you, uh, I hope to get you your money's worth for sure. I'll, I'll put in that extra time. But at the same time, if you're on a budget or whatever, I'm going to put in the same, like, physical effort. But for it sure. just might not add all the bells and whistles to it or draw it four times as big or, yeah. you know. Or you don't get the extras. Like, sometimes there's that yeah. thing, too. Like, I'll be doing a maybe like a top graphic for a board and it's like mm-hmm. oh here w- check out these two like if you wanted to use this for something else or just a, a sticker or just fucking shit can it but it's always nice to be able to do something like that too mm-hmm. where you have like extra time to how much uh, work are you doing for the skateboard industry the well 
I I think there's there's some stuff out right now for Creature. Killer. Was from a little like you know it's always that thing where it's kind of like I'm not sure when it's gonna drop but like <laughs> we never know. It's, it's kind of rad though. Yeah. It's like, oh check it out, dude! Like it yeah, out. a year later you're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh that looks even better than I thought it was gonna come out. Hell yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. And so I'm hoping to, to work with them again soon. I think there's some stuff uh, with Foundation that's gonna come out. Oh soon. good. And that stuff's always really fun. Working for Todd is cool. His his guys are really really great, and they have good ideas, and it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. And do you do much music packaging? Every now and again, I'll do like a like a record sleeve or something like that. But what I've realized is a lot of that stuff. It's the thing that's hard is sometimes it's like it's way too much of a rush for me i always real i don't know what it is but with the music stuff i feel like it's always kind of like i get maybe hit up when something falls through and they're like hey we need can you do this thing because you know because someone yeah didn't, it didn't pan out and yeah. you don't have the time like i just don't have the time to to knock it out so i don't really do all that much music packaging stuff but i just did like the kick drum graphic for some like some band just hit me up oh, and so that that's was great. another one it's like just a weird one-off kind of thing where yeah. they're like hey we can just get this thing printed if you want to draw us up something sick so it's yeah. Like, all right yeah that's rad that's cool yeah so you're just you're pretty set you're kind of on cruise control now akron treats you right for sure that's, yeah that's cool yeah, i mean what's uh that i need and well, what's uh, what's the future hold, man? I mean, it, you, can you see yourself just chilling in Akron the rest of your life and just kind of riding it out and kind of freelance gig to freelance gig? Are there any yeah. big picture aspirations you've got or anything? Uh, well, I don't know, man. I mean, Rosa and I have talked about like maybe moving around to checking out some other spots or something like that. But I think it's just that thing, other small town kind of thing, like get. Because I like that vibe. I think Akron's like... How big is Akron? I'm going to fucking botch it. I think it's like 400,000 or <laughs> okay. something like that. Okay, that's a decent-sized city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, totally. But, you know, like Cleveland's right there. Columbus isn't that far away. Pittsburgh's right. pretty close. So yeah. It's pretty tight being there, but like... You know, Rosa and I are both hermits. We like to like hang out at home like monks and sit in our robes and get high and draw and do whatever. You could do that so, anywhere. So you can kind of like move into the woods and live on the well, on the cheap. But street. I think that that's something important for people to hear is that you know it doesn't matter so much where you're at if you're happy doing what you're doing. For sure. And you're not having to work yourself into the fucking ground because yeah. you're keeping your overhead low. For sure. Yeah, no, it's really cool. It's cool to see uh, new stuff, you know, that you're doing, you know. And I love your Instagram feed, Thank like you. the, yeah. uh, the the like Garfield and stuff. Oh like you're yeah, fucking with Garfield. Yeah. God damn, those are funny. Yeah, those are super fun, and it's it's funny with those because like a lot of the the thing with the client stuff is too that's that's it's made it a little. It's not. I don't want to say that it's hard, but it's just that thing. It added one more thing on my to-do list for the day is to i always i update my fucking tumblr every day which i don't think people look at the tumblr but it's sick I, I that's still the love thing it. though i don't think they need to every day with a for tumblr because sure. yeah. even for myself i'll discover a new one and if it continues to be good as i scroll down oh i'm enthralled it's for like sure. watching a tv show yeah. you know especially if it's content that you're not gonna find usually and i feel like your feed and rose's feed both are like really good at that you know yeah, I, I try to like I, don't, I feel like the 
I think the shit on my Tumblr is like it, what it would be like if you could get like the, the like, what were the, what were the little photo, view things? You know what I'm talking about? The Viewmaster. Oh like my yeah. Tumblr to me, feels like a Viewmaster for what it's oh. like inside of my head, like with the shit that I'm thinking. No, about, or that's like, an interesting way to put like it. To, like it's like the the void that is inside of my head. For those of you who know what a Viewmaster is, yeah, that was like the circular slide. That would slip into like a, like a binoculars kind of a th- sure. thing, right? You had to look kind of towards a light to get you, some light to get some backlight yeah. behind it so you could see the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Viewfinder. Yeah. Check you out. <laughs> well, that's cool. I think that's really good for people to hear too. That you're just kind of open to whatever. Yeah. I think that's a great attitude to have. Huh. Rad. Well, I think that's good. I don't know how long we went for it all, but right. that's good enough. Thank Killer. you, sir. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that, that was, was tight. Good. All right, let me just stop it.